You're listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim. To find out more, go to calvaryanaheim.org. And now, here's Pastor James. And so it says in verse 18, Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. Good job, Samuel. You delivered the word of God. You're a prophet now. You see, because someone who hears the word of God but never delivers it to anybody, there's no prophetic ministry happening there. But Samuel heard the word of God and now has delivered it, and this would not be the first difficult message that Samuel will have to deliver to people. If you fast forward in your mind to what you know of King Saul and the word that Samuel has to give to him, And so he's going to be faithful to this call from his early childhood years, faithful to deliver the message that God gives, whether it's a pleasant message, hey, you're going to be the next king, woohoo, or a difficult message, hey, you're going to be deposed from your leadership position. And so he said, it is the Lord, let him do what seems good to him. That was Eli's response to the word of the Lord. Well, it's the Lord. Let him do whatever seems good to him. This does not seem like an appropriate response to me. (laughs) What would have happened if Eli began to weep and cry and fall on his face before the Lord and say, I'm sorry, I repent, and that very day go out and say, Hophni and Phinehas, you guys are out of here. You're not going to do this anymore. We'll never know. Because all he said was, well, it's the Lord. He's going to do whatever he wants to do. Let's just go on with life. Let's not be like that, friends. When the Lord convicts us of sin in our lives, even if he uses um, another person, an unbeliever, another Christian, let's examine our hearts to see, is this, is this something true? Is this something that needs to be addressed in my life? And then let's repent. Let's repent. I don't know about you guys, but I run into a lot of drug addicts on the streets. And I've had to tell them in conversations, this lifestyle is going to kill you. You're going to die because of it. Repent. Turn to the Lord. And he, he will give you the power to overcome this. And then they have a choice, right, to repent or not to repent. But so often it's just, yeah, oh well, because they're not caring for their own bodies. Verse 19, it says, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. He was present with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, all of the words that God spoke to Samuel came about. They were confirmed. It happened. Verse 20, And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel had been established as a prophet of the Lord. Then the Lord appeared again in Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. This became a regular thing that happened between Samuel and God. Samuel heard the voice of God And Samuel delivered the messages the way that he was supposed to. 
God using the prophets of the Old Testament. Now, the prophets of God heard directly from God as he chose, and they delivered the message to the people. And we think of Moses who heard directives from the Lord. In fact, Moses talked to God face to face. Remember the Bible says, as friends speak to one another. That's crazy. It's going to be awesome to be in heaven where we can just sit and have conversations with Jesus. But you know what? I, I've had conversations with Jesus and, and they've been really neat, some of them. I'll tell you about one right now. I was going for a jog up in Colorado and I was praying to the Lord and I was listening to worship music and, um, and I just started talking to God like in a, in a sentimental way because I looked up at the stars and, and there was Orion and I said, oh, there's Orion, Lord, the coming prince. Reminds me of you coming soon. And, and I said, do you remember, Lord, when you first called me into, uh, to be the principal of the school and you said, conquer with me? And I'm just saying this to the Lord as I'm jogging, looking at Orion. And then voice in my head came back, yes. And then said, do you remember what time of year that was? And I, I was like, wow, I'm having a conversation with God, I think. I think. Or it's whistles in my head. I, you know, anyway, I said, I said, that was about six years ago. That's what I, was. I said. That was about six years ago, Lord. And, and then he said, yeah, what time of year? I said, oh, that was March. I'm all mid-March. It's mid-March right now. And I just, oh my gosh, Lord, you're celebrating an anniversary. <laughs> And I tell you, I was just rejoicing, you know, rejoicing because I knew that that was God speaking to me. Does he always speak to me like that? No. No, he doesn't. But you and I, friends, we can hear the voice of God. And whenever you hear voices in your head like that, <laughs> make sure it, it, it aligns with God's scripture you know, if, if God says, hey, put on these golden glasses, and, you know, I'm talking about Mormonism and Joseph Smith right now, you know, and write something down that it completely contradicts, the Holy Spirit does not contradict himself, okay? So we always filter everything that we think we hear from the Lord through the scriptures. And then secondly, we look for confirmations. You know, this, in, in this particular instance for me, it was a voice outside of my regular schema. You know, your train of thought. You've heard that expression, train of thought, because one car leads to another. You have a thought, and that leads to another thought, and that leads to another thought, but you see how each consecutive thought was triggered by the previous thought. Are you with me? I wonder how my wife's doing. Oh yeah, she's at work. Oh yeah, she's doing hair. How's my hair today? Oh my gosh, I wonder, if, you know. That's your train of thinking, right? But then there's these times when a voice might come to you that's just outside of your, your normal train of thinking, you know? Like, hey, remember God, you know, that time, and that was awesome, we had that experience? Yeah, what, how long ago was that? I wasn't, I wasn't asking myself that question. <laughs> it was amazing. And so I want to encourage all of you to hey, talk to God, engage him, ask him questions, and see if he responds. 
And so how does God speak? Now, I want to talk about that. I want to back up, and I kind of got ahead of myself a little bit with this story. But how does God speak? In Old Testament times, God spoke in all kinds of different ways, right? In fact, in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, it says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, so in time past, he spoke in all kinds of different, at different times in different ways to the prophets. He spoke through angels. He spoke through casting of lots. He spoke through the Urim and Thummim, right? These stones that the priests would use. We're going to see that a lot here as we go through 1 Samuel. And uh, he spoke through the burning bush. He spoke through theophanies. This would be appearances of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. He spoke through fire. He spoke in a still small voice. Remember that with Elijah? Elijah came and there was the earthquake, but the voice of God was not in the earthquake. And then there was the fire, and I might get this out of order, but the voice of God was not in the fire. And then there was the the rushing mighty wind. The voice of God was not in the wind, but then came a still small voice from God to Elijah. He spoke through plagues. He spoke through the handwriting on the wall. Remember that one? Many, many technal ufarsin. You've been weighed in the balances and found wanting. He spoke in all kinds of different ways in the Old Testament. He speaks through his creation. He did then and he does now. Romans chapter 1 verse 20 For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood or communicated by the things that are made, his creation, even his eternal power and Godhead. And so his creation speaks of the creator. And those who study God's creation see his handiwork in it. I found when I was working in the medical field, and and I was told this, but I can't confirm the validity of this data, that people who tend to work with um, biology and things like that, less of them tend to be atheists. And so, I don't know if that's true actually, you can figure that out I guess, but But the reality of it is, is that God speaks through his creation as we look at the stars, as we look at plants, as we look at our own human bodies, we see God's design through it all. God gave you and me a conscience, a conscience, a sense of right and wrong. It's actually part of our soul. And in Romans chapter 2, God calls it, uh, or the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, calls it a law written on their hearts. So we have a law that's written on our hearts, that's part of our soul. This is right. This is wrong. Murder is a very common thing that is outlawed in cultures throughout time and place. It's something that's written on our hearts. Thou shalt not murder. There's something wrong with that. And our conscience can be nurtured and stewarded, but it can also be defiled and seared. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2, the Apostle Paul is speaking of false people who heed false doctrines, and he says, speaking lies and hypocrisy, 
having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. You see, in those days, if you got a bad cut and you were bleeding to stop the bleeding, they could take a hot iron and heat it up real hot and then cauterize the wound so it would close the wound and stop the bleeding. But it would also kill the nerves so it would be numb. And so their conscience was seared. And this is what happens. You know, we wonder how could soldiers in Ukraine just kill, you know, innocent civilians indiscriminately. It might not have been so easy the first time to push the trigger, to fire the buttons and let the missiles go. But then the fifth time, the sixth time, week three, gets easier and easier as the conscience is seared and the action is justified in the mind. No longer do I feel bad. And so God has given us a conscience as, as a way of really communicating his law to us, but it is fallible and it's defilable and it can be seared. And that's why we need to be regenerated, right? We need to receive Christ as our Savior. And as we receive Christ as our Savior, His Spirit comes in, our Spirit is quickened, it's made alive. And His Spirit becomes the boss, comes in and dwells in us. And then as He fills our Spirit with His Spirit, it spills over into our soul. And our conscience then can be used by God properly as we're conformed into his image. It can be healed and restored. And, and man, you know, when we, come to the, when we come to the understanding of how horrible we've become in some instances, in all instances, and we look back and go, I have done so much damage and so much hurt, the regret can be overwhelming. But that's a positive thing because our conscience is being regenerated. <laughs> I feel bad about that. That's good. Now, receive the love, receive the forgiveness. You're cleansed, you're whole, you're forgiven. Don't let that nag at you for the rest of your life. When the devil wants to remind you of your past, remind him of his future. Amen? Yes. Thank you, Jesus. And, and then move ahead, and, and you now have this the, the Holy Spirit who could speak in, into your conscience. And I like how Priscilla Schreier describes this as like your conscience becomes a megaphone for the Holy Spirit. It just magnifies his conviction in your life. God has spoken to us through his son, Jesus. Uh, Hebrews 1, 1, again, it says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, verse 2 now of that section of scripture says, has in these last days spoken to us by his son. You see, Jesus was the word of God become flesh, we're told in the gospel of John chapter one. And, the, and he became flesh and he dwelt among us. He was the express image of the father, we're told in Philippians two. To look at Jesus was to look at the father. He was the perfect communication of the father to man because man can look at him and see 
this is how God would respond in this situation, in that circumstance. They could see not only the words that Jesus was speaking, but his tone of voice and his facial expressions. Man, it would have been amazing, wouldn't it? It's going to be amazing. And so in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. This, his life was a message, but he also you know, delivered specific messages. He gave sermons and such. God now speaks to us through the Holy Spirit who is always with us. Think of it, guys. In the Old Testament times, the Holy Spirit would come upon this person or that person. In the situation we're reading about now, the Holy Spirit comes upon, you know, comes to Samuel. God speaks to Samuel. We're going to see the Holy Spirit's anointing on David. We're going to see the Holy Spirit's anointing on Saul. And, and we see it happen to this person and that person. On the day of Pentecost, there was 120 disciples who were just like you and me. They were fishermen and tax collectors and just people people who are living life. And what did God do? He shows up and he baptizes them in his Holy Spirit and they begin to speak with other tongues and they go out and they do incredible things. They do the things that the prophets did of old, except it's widespread and it's for everybody who would ask. Who would ask, who would just say, God, baptize me in your Holy Spirit so that I can be a more effective witness for you so that I can overcome this addiction, so that I can be empowered to be and to do what you have called me to be and to do. And he does. That's the privilege that we have as believers today. And he's with us. He's our helper. He's our teacher, the Bible says. He comes alongside our paracletus, the one who comes alongside. And he speaks to us. And how does he speak to us? Well, primarily he speaks to us through his word, through the scriptures. And this is why we have to be in the scriptures continually, my friends. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is God-breathed and is profitable for doctrine, that is correct teaching, for reproof, that is correcting bad behavior, for correction, that is correcting bad doctrine, for instruction in righteousness, telling us how we ought to live. So the Holy Spirit communicates these things to us through the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Our flesh, our natural man does not receive it for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Listen to John 16, 13. It says, however, when he, the spirit of truth, this is Jesus speaking, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He's going to speak to you. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Things to come. Romans 8, 14. It says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. 
as we're led by the Holy Spirit. I love this scripture in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, that speaking of teachers, it says, and thine ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. When you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left hand, we're gonna hear a voice behind us. And see, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He's the voice behind us that says, this is the way to go, walk in it, walk in it. And so we need to listen to the Holy Spirit, friends, and, and not allow things in our lives that would inhibit the voice of God. What are some of those things? Well, number one, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. First, you gotta be a sheep. You've gotta be in relationship with God. If your sins are not forgiven and you're living in darkness, how are you gonna hear God's voice other than repent? <laughs> Let go, come to me. And so being in relationship, being one of his sheep, if we have sin in our lives that we're not repenting from, then that's gonna impede us from hearing the voice of God because we don't wanna hear it. We don't want closeness, we don't want relationship, and we don't wanna hear him say, repent from that, because we don't wanna give it up. And so we've got to be surrendered, friends, surrendered to hear the voice of God. Lack of attentiveness. If we're spending all our time in, on our apps and our phones and TV and listening to other things that are in our ears, music that doesn't glorify the Lord, then we're not listening, right? And so in order to hear the voice of God, we've got to listen. Of course, there's those times where he just interjects, <laughs> and I love it. But a lifestyle of listening, a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of the word, having devotion time, spending time in worship, expecting to hear the voice of God, looking for messages from God instead of just going through religious motions, acknowledging him, letting go of our pride and saying, God, I want to hear what you have to say. I feel like there's so much on this topic, but I've definitely talked long enough. So, you know, as we're going through the book of Samuel, we're going to be seeing, in fact, it's all over the scriptures, but we see with Samuel these words he gets, and we'll be revisiting this voice of God. I think it's what we need so desperately in our own personal lives, friends. We need to hear from God. And so let's go after him. And let's say, God, speak. God, I want to hear you. God, what do you have to say? Whether it be a general word from him or a very specific word. Whether it be like the example I gave tonight of just a precious time with the Lord. Or whether it be a correction that he might have for us. And I've had lots of those too, friends. Let's listen. Listen to the Lord. And be ready to hear from him. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the word tonight. We thank you for the example of Samuel. We pray, Jesus, that we would not, Lord, some of us, man, we've been Christians a long time, and perhaps we've just never really listened closely to what it is that you would say. 
I pray that you would soften hearts tonight. Lord, that we just choose right now to surrender ourselves to you, to open our spiritual ears, to hear what it is that you have to say, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais of Calvary Anaheim in Anaheim, California. If you're in the area, we'd love for you to visit. Check out calvaryanaheim.org for location, service times, and more. We'd love to hear from you. To let us know how God has touched your life through this program or to submit a prayer request, simply go to calvaryanaheim.org and scroll down to the Get in Touch form at the bottom of the homepage. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to listen again next time for another edition of Word and Spirit with Pastor James Beauvais. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Anaheim. Hey everybody, this is Pastor James. We want to take advantage of the Christmas season to get the gospel out and see people get closer to Jesus. This is why we are partnering with Village Bible Church in Garden Grove to bring you a living nativity. The gymnasium at Village Bible Church will be transformed into the little town of Bethlehem. Travel back in time. Take a tour as you immerse yourself into the daily activities of Bethlehem and experience the story of Christmas like never before. This free event is Saturday, December 17th and Sunday, December 18th, anytime between 4 and 9 p.m. So mark your calendar, make some plans with your family, and don't miss this impactful Christmas experience. To learn more, go to villagebible.com forward slash living nativity. That's villagebible.com forward slash living nativity.